Everybody, I'm so glad that you, and when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Thanks for listening to Dear Anxiety. Dear Anxiety is the show where we talk about our thoughts and our feelings, our relationship to our thoughts and feelings. We talk a lot about mental health in this country, in this world. No one shows you how to do it. We talk about it. We talk around it. This is the show. And again, it's called Near Anxiety, where my co-host, Rini Jane, and myself, Ed Krasnick, talk about and show you and actually demonstrate techniques that you can use in your life with your kids, with your spouse, with yourself, about your thoughts and feelings, how to techniques and tools, we demonstrate them. And today, I can't say enough about this, I'm talking about what am I talking about? It's what post, are you talking about? It's post-traumatic. Mine is actually pre-traumatic, but it's post, post-traumatic. Say it, say it again for me because I don't even know what it is. Post-traumatic growth. Okay, that was Rini Jane saying post-traumatic growth. I don't know if you've heard about post-traumatic growth. I don't know if you know about post-traumatic growth, but that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of Dare Anxiety. Now, my co-host actually was Miss Post-Traumatic Growth in college. And that is at the University of Pennsylvania, where she studied applied positive psychology with Dr. Martin Seligman, the father of applied positive psychology. She has a wonderful company called GoZen, gozen.com, where you find tools about resilience, about anxiety relief, about how to stress better, all over the world, in schools all over the country, mental health professionals, everybody uses it, go zen. And here she is, the queen of post-traumatic growth, Rini Jane. Rini? <laughs> I am the queen of post-traumatic growth. Now that is, I know every episode we've been trying to come up with a title for me, but this is it. I yeah. accept. The queen yes. of post-traumatic growth. Now, I have a post-traumatic growth, but I don't want to talk about it because it's very painful. <laughs> um, but, but But no, that is pretty gross. Uh, I don't like to do things that are gross, but that, that is gross. But now post-traumatic growth. Now, when you said we're going to talk about post-traumatic growth, I was like, boy, I know a lot about a lot of different things when it comes to mental health. I don't know anything about post-traumatic growth. Well, post-traumatic growth doesn't make anybody any money. <laughs> that's why we haven't heard about it more. Post-traumatic stress? No, that's a different story. But post-traumatic growth. Tell me, what what is post-traumatic growth and how, does it, how do we use it? How do we deal with it in our lives? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you a little story that's been on my mind for like a hot second before yeah, sure. we go into PTG? Sure. I have no idea why. And maybe this gets cut out. I don't really know. But my son, Jude, this morning, <laughs> he doesn't usually talk to Alexa. So we have an Alexa in our house. And um, you hear my tone of voice. We have an Alexa. <laughs> and anyway, I guess Amazon will never be a sponsor. <laughs> maybe. <to this> show. <laughs> maybe. He doesn't usually say anything to Alexa. But this morning, he went up to her. <laughs> now, mind you, this is like at 645 in the morning. And he goes, Alexa, play. I like to move it. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I'm still in my pajamas. It's like, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. And I just bust out 
into every 1990s move that I remember, like the running man, the Roger Rabbit, like everything, the lawnmower, that might've been even been the eighties. I'm not sure. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and it was so awesome that I'm like, how is dancing not an intervention that everybody does every day? Well, that is fan- that's a fantastic story. And I'll tell you something, that explains post-traumatic growth. Oh, completely. No, I, I love that because that's really what you do. With me, it's singing, but I would love to dance. I would love to dance. If I, Wait, can you sing us a line? I love your voice. Come on. Oh, I would love that. Well, I don't know the word lyrics to it. I, li- I, lo- I like to move it. Well, don't sing us a line from that. Sing us a line from you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in my office and I'm afraid that my boss, but I used to have an office next to the head of Fremantle and we would sing musicals through the walls. Um, so he would have a musical and then I'd finish the lyric and it was great. But anyway, no, no, no. But yeah, but, but, but that, that is fantastic. And I wish I would do that with Shana. I want to take Shana to see Hamilton in San Francisco and I can't afford it, but that's a different story. Not for today's show. Nobody can afford Hamilton. I don't don't think anybody, I don't think Hamilton, if he came back and ran the treasury could afford Hamilton. Anyway, so, so that's so cute and so great. And you moving like, and it, and it makes you completely f- remember, oh, this is joy. This is what you do when, you, when you're not thinking and you have joy and you just do it. And that's what's so great about dancing. So It was pure joy. It's pure joy. And you do not care what anyone thinks of you because you are literally just moving your body and it feels so good. Okay, but you asked me about post-traumatic growth and I am going to tell you about post-traumatic growth. If you can tie it into dancing to what you just told me, the story, (laughs) then you're in. Then If I can, I will do it. You know I will. Okay, Okay, so post-traumatic growth, which we can also call PTG, it, it's the experience of having positive change from a struggle or a life crisis, right? So it, this is a concept that's as old as time. What doesn't kill you makes you what? Stronger, I've heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> I do not have a good voice, by the way, but I like to sing. Um, so sing what did I see? I brought, it, I brought the music in. Sing so yes, yeah, so post-traumatic growth was an idea that was coined in 1995 by a researcher ma- named Richard Tedeschi and another researcher named Lawrence Calhoun. So Tedeschi and Calhoun. I actually remember those names from a textbook from my master's program. And I remember I remember the page, you know, when you have to have those thin pages in a textbook with really, really small writing and you like highlight the whole page. Well, this was an idea that I highlighted the entire page. I was like, this is amazing. There are people who have faced a major life crisis or a trauma and then have used that as an opportunity to make positive, meaningful change. And for anyone who is listening, I am sure that all of us have had at least one of these things, right? Whether that be a relationship that went bad and then something meaningful came out of it or some other trauma in our life where we have had growth. Have you had one? Yes, I've had more than more than one, but I, yeah, I have. And, and, and I think, well, listen, I could speak to it, but I, I don't want to get off track, but, but really I, of course, at the time you don't experience it that way, but then you are able to transform it or realize, wait a minute, this is how I developed a sense of humor, which basically has saved my life. So maybe there's something, maybe there's something really positive in here. Um, ah, yeah. yes. You're yeah. in 
maybe your career and part of a big part of who you are is a result of growth post-trauma? Yes, I think so. And I think I learned it from my mom, who really was the expert in this, who would, you know, even during her funeral, a profound power to turn darkness into light, which is what she was able to do in her life. And that's why she was such a good friend to everybody. She was able to literally turn darkness into light with wow. her, with her humor and her perspective and her wisdom. So, yes, she was the embodiment of that in, in that way. Now, my question about post-positive change from struggle, post-traumatic growth, is that there are many people who think that artists, that the only way to create great art is to create something from struggle. And my question, and that's probably another show, of course, I always bring up stuff that's not this show, but, but it's that's a good okay. You keep the show going, right? But it's it's a good, no I try to keep the show going forward, but it's a good question. And that is, can you only create from struggle? I have often thought about that. Is every meaningful thing that's ever happened to you or that you've ever produced or been a part of or derived meaning from, is that a result of something that was hard for you or struggle? Can you actually derive meaning from something that's not a struggle? I mean, I'm just asking it as an open-ended question. I think you, you see, I think that you can. I just think that we're not taught to. And I think it is something that you're, it's almost like that thing of like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience in your life, but when something comes very easily to you, you, you assume that there can't be any value to it. Because oh, yes. And, and, I see my and, kids do that, actually. That's so interesting that you say that. One of my kids will say, oh, I already know. I already know how to do that. Like, I already know how to play tennis. By the way, they've picked up a racket like once, right? I already know how to do that. And so I don't want to learn anymore. Is that something that you're referring to right now? Yeah. Or or if it's, yeah, I don't want to learn anymore. Or if it's if it's easy, why should I keep doing it? Like, I've already got it. Right. Like, like I'm why, the expert. Like, why should I follow that? Like, why do I have to keep doing that now? I already got it. And the thing is, that is your gift. Like something, things that come easily to you are what you should be doing, not what you should avoid. Things and that come easily, things that energize you, things yes. that you're passionate about, things that light you up. That's right? what you do. And that doesn't come from a sense of struggle. That comes from your who you are as a spirit, as a spiritual being. That's what your work should be. Not, not uh, this is really hard for me to do. Let me keep doing it. <laughs> no, mm. I mean, I mean, I get that you want to be proficient and I get that you want to solve problems. But what comes easiest to you and most natural to you as a kid, that's your path in life. Yes. I mean, that's your path in life, but nobody would tell you that. And nobody would say, that's really good what you're doing. Do you like doing it? Yes, I like doing it. Do it more. Do more of it. Yes. Do it more. Do it do more. It, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. Because this is what is lighting you up. It's what you're passionate about. It's probably what you might be able to do to contribute to the world somehow, you know, or not, <laughs> but still. Yeah, but why do you have to live in... To the, you're contributing to the world by creating joy within yourself in any case. In any case. But but why live in darkness? Why, do you, why must all artists live in darkness? This comes up with comedians constantly who are, you know, as a rule, 
you know, very opposite of what they, uh, uh, very opposite in terms of their emotion of what's going on on stage. And it's almost a, to a, you know, not everybody is this way, but many, many comedians are like that. And my question is, don't you want to be happy? Like, isn't that, isn't that where you, don't you want to create from happiness is my question. Yes. You, and I think that's a really good segue into, into PTSD, right? Which is a counterpart, right? It's a counterpart to examine when we're looking at post-traumatic growth. So post-traumatic stress disorder was really accepted as a condition about five years after the Vietnam War. And the military put a ton of resources into coping with it because all of these vets were coming back and they were experiencing this anxiety and the inability to regulate their response, their fear response. And some symptoms just never abated. They were living with lower high level anxiety, right? From these traumatic experiences that they were living over and over again. They were having trouble sleeping. They were hyper alert. And so there was so much attention given to the disorder that very few researchers asked soldiers about the positive changes that maybe they experienced from war, right? It's not something that you think to ask. So, well, you know, what's the silver lining? Like, what was the good stuff that happened? Mm. But one of the first studies published in the 80s was on aviators that were captured during the Vietnam War. And about 61% of them said that they benefited psychologically from that experience of captivity. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I would never have anticipated that. And they then, were, and, yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. And then, and then that that actually they use that to their advantage in their lives. That they, they benefited said they from appreciated that? others more, right? So one of the domains where they really experienced growth was appreciation and gratitude for others. Uh, many of them said they had stronger spiritual beliefs after it happened. And interestingly, those who were treated most harshly appreciated others even more, right? The most. Hmm. And they, and a lot of them reported the most positive change in their life. Wow. So maybe again, like you were talking about, maybe we need to assign meaning to bad things that happen to us so that we can live with it, right? Hmm. Who knows? However, in the study that I'm referring to, they did a follow-up study 25 years later and found that the soldiers really remained convinced 25 years later, right, that they had that experience of captivity changed them for the better. So now they have a ton of time in between when it happened. And they're still they still have the perspective that they experienced growth, what can be considered post-traumatic growth. Wow, that is very unexpected. And so and so how can we use this, this kind of information and this kind of approach to our own lives? How do we teach our kids? How do we teach ourselves to, to benefit? Okay, so when, you know, when we look at the research on post-traumatic growth, it looks like there are a few areas or domains that it really affects or it makes you look at. So these five things are new opportunities or possibilities in life, right? An increased sense of personal strength, so you feel stronger, like you're able, you're more resilient, able to handle challenges. Change in relationships, so positive changes in relationships, like we were talking about soldiers that appreciated their friendships and families more. You have a greater appreciation for life in general. And then many people have a deepening of spiritual life. So these are five areas that 
post-traumatic growth can affect. So how do we, you know, it's always a great question and we like to bring it home and we like to be practical. You know, these research ideas are cool and we're like, oh, cool, post-traumatic growth. I've never heard of that or I have heard of it. And like, what do we do with it? You know, (laughs) what do we do with this information? Mm. How do we? What, are the, what does that do in our life? Sure. Well, I think a lot of us who are participating in this show, you know, Ed and I included, have either experienced a level of anxiety in our life or we have children or no children that are anxious. And I am sure that if you're a parent of an anxious child, you have thinking out to the future. Oh my goodness, what is their life going to be like in the future if they're incredibly anxious right now, you know? Is mm-hmm. what they are experiencing right now, is that a somehow is somehow going to affect them in a negative way for the rest of their life? And so I think it's important to know that research like this exists, that ideas like this exist, that studies are out there that show, listen, you can grow from difficult experiences, not just because there's a saying that what you know, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, but because these things really happen. And what can we do to kind of facilitate that growth? So, you know, just like research goes, research is really interesting. Sometimes the researchers get really interested in the theory and the idea. And then when you go back to them and you're like, okay, so how do I have, how do I do this post-traumatic growth thing? I'd like to be in the growth part and not the stress disorder thing. And they don't have exercises, you know, but they do have some ideas that there needs to be reflection and you need to actually go through the process. So this isn't about being in emotional pain and then just kind of saying, okay, well, now I'm, I'm stronger afterwards. You have to actually go through the feelings, loss, anger, worry, negativity, you know, and a lot of this process of experiencing growth really depends on the support that you have and the support around you. Okay, so this is what I would say from a practical standpoint. Number one, kids of any age, of any age, can understand this idea if you make the idea accessible to them, right? If you, if you say it in a language that makes sense to them. I have a five and a six-year-old, as I've said many times on this show, and I could explain post-traumatic growth to them, but I would have to tell it to them in a story you know, that would be the way that they would understand it. So awareness is the first thing that there's a thing like this that exists. And then I think the second thing that I can really think of that would help is to think of a time in your life when you've already experienced growth after something hard. So for someone who is young, this could be something like, remember when your friend Joe moved away Joey moved away and it was like so upsetting for you and you had to go through that and you experienced that loss and then you had no one to hang out with and you said that nobody would play your favorite volleyball game with you but then that led to you meeting some other friends that you wouldn't have met because you were only hanging out with Joey every day something like that right mm-hmm. sure so let's ex- let's show Not just tell, but let's show kids that they can experience growth. Because I think a lot of what happens is that these things happen to us in our life, but we're just not aware of it and we don't pay attention. So can we pay attention to where there has been growth in a way that doesn't sound trite and cliche to our kids? Because I feel like when our kids are going through something that's really rough and we're like, don't worry, this is going to make you stronger. I mean, what (laughs) what did they do, Ed? I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
I'm going to go stay in my room until I grow up. <laughs> Basically, yeah, like, I'll come out it. later. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I I feel like I've dealt, I feel like I've like this has come up in my life working around kids who are highly sensitive. And what we're trying to teach kids who are highly sensitive is that that's their strength. Their sensitivity is their strength because it it gives them a perspective on people and how they feel and how to help people who feel things very strongly and, and how to write about it and how to communicate it and how to be creative with it. But they're tuned in in a, in a very strong way. So I've dealt with a lot of kids who are like that. And I feel like that's pretty common in today's world because there's so much overwhelm. So we describe it as sensitivity. Actually, what's happening is kids are tuned in and they're tuned into something that's too loud, <laughs> you know, or something that's not natural in, in the environment, in media, in the world. Look what's going on around us. It's, it, that's an example to me of how to teach, you know, I come, I come in contact with that a lot. Yes, uh, that's amazing. So should we do a role play? I don't we, sh- we should, we should. We and, should. And, and, so, and so maybe I can come to you with you know, something that happened to me, something that, so I've got a friend who won't talk to me and we're trying to look at it as, and, and won't return my calls and we don't know what's going on, but I think it's all my fault. And okay. so, and so now you're going to, you're going to tell me that there's some growth that can happen from this. And then you're going to shut the door in my face. <laughs> I'm going to shut the door and then you're going to say, you know, you'll, and you'll say, you know, I know that the initial reaction is this, but let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's see what happens when these creatures encounter one another in the wild. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. You oh, know, no. Ben is Ben will not call me back. I can't ben, believe it. Friend? My best friend is not talking to me and I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. It's it's nuts. This is crazy. I'm so Was sick of this. I'm just sick of this. Something happened? I don't know what happened. It's like I came into school today and it's like I was invisible. It's like he didn't even know me. Like, what am I doing? This, this happened. I don't, why does this happen to me? It's like, this is the second time this has happened to me. First it happened with my friend Jimmy. Now it's happening with my friend Ben. And I don't know what, I'm not, it's like, how come people can't be friends with me? How come they can't stay friends with me? You know, Eddie, I completely hear what you're saying. It's so hard. It hurts. It really does. When you get to school and you think you're going to be, you know, having another great day and hanging out with Ben. And then all of a sudden he's not even talking to you. I can imagine how that feels. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sick of it. It's like, I can't, this is the second time this has happened and it's happened before with Ben, but it happened with Jimmy. And it's like, and he, and he, and we never have been friends the same way. I mean, that's never changed. That's never changed, right? No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so what can I do? What am I going to do? So who did it, who did it happen with before again? Jimmy, my friend Jimmy. Jimmy. That's right. That's right. Okay. Can you talk about that for a second? I know this thing is happening with Ben right now. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. What happened with Jimmy again? Like we had, like, like Jimmy made another friend and it wasn't, it's like the three of us couldn't, couldn't hang out together. And it's like, he started hanging out with me less and less. And then all of a sudden, he's not my friend anymore. 
I remember. Okay, now I really clearly the, remember this. The, this was what? two years ago. Yeah. This was two years ago. And That's you, right. It was right before his birthday party. And that yeah. was really hard for you because you didn't even go. And he was hanging out with this guy. He was like he, this new guy that he met, a new friend. And the guy's like creepy. I don't want to hang out with him. Okay, well, that's not kind. Let's not. We don't know him, right? So yeah. let's, let's talk about this for a second. Do you remember, because now I'm remembering everything about that. Do you remember what happened when you couldn't go to that birthday party? Do you remember that weekend? Yeah, I had to, like, I, I stayed home and I felt awful. And right. I stayed home. I felt awful. And then... Um, and then what happened? Do you remember? Do you remember who called you? Yeah. And then it was, uh, that's when I first met Ben. Yeah. That's when you first met Ben. Now, you and Ben have been through so much for the last two years, right? You've been doing everything together. But what I want to, and I know that you're having a hard time with him today, but do you know that Ben actually tried to call you a bunch of times to do something and hang out even before that weekend. But you never really had the time, right? Yeah. And I so guess. all of a sudden you had time to hang out with Ben and form this friendship with him. And all I'm trying to say is that you had something open it up in your life, right? You had one door close. And then you had another one open. And that's been, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. That's like the best friend you've ever had, Ben. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't think that would have happened if you didn't have room for that in your life. I'm not trying to say that when one friend goes away, another one comes in and that's how it should be. But what I'm trying to say is, is that something when, when something's really, really hard sometimes, something good can come out of it. Something yeah. amazing, like even better, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So I, guess. I want you to do this, honey. I don't know what's going on with Ben and I'm not saying that nothing's going on with him. I'm just saying that I don't want you to think about this as the end of your friendship with him, right? Or the worst thing that's ever happened. Or, you know, I know that you like to go to those extremes. I want you to really think about what happened last time when you felt like it was the end of the world. And then you ended up with the most beautiful, best friendship you've ever had. Yeah, right? I, guess, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I guess know, it's hard true. when we're like in the moment. We don't want to think about that. We want to think about like what's going on with Ben, right? But I don't want you to lose that idea. It's so important. I guess that I guess that happened then. I just wish you would call me now, but I guess that happened then and so you know, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It feels kind of it feels awful right now, but it feels awful right now. But you know, sometimes when something feels awful to me, I try to do the good thing about the bad thing. Like, what's the good thing about the bad thing that's happening? So what's the good thing about this bad thing that's happening with Ben? Well, I guess it's kind of like, I guess it's making me, you know, look at our friendship, I guess. 
it's making me look at our friendship and I guess it's also making me look at, you know, what other possibilities there are. I don't know if there are the possibilities, but I guess I can look at other possibilities and I guess it makes me look at how important of a friend he's been to me. And maybe I don't like always think about that. That's amazing. That's incredible. Okay, well, honey, I'm here for you if you want to talk about it. And I think that when you're ready, you can ask Ben to talk about it, you know, when you feel ready. Yeah, maybe we can. I mean, I don't know if I should call him or what I should do, but maybe I'll think about it. I'll think about it a little bit. Do we have any okay. pizza? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Okay. Make right, some pepperoni. Some okay. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful when different species can live in harmony? Now, look, you know... Those conversations are hard. Come on. They're so hard. Because there's a very fine line between you're just patting me on the back and making me want to feel better and then just being able to leave them the space. You know, and because we're doing this in a condensed format, I'm not allowing for a ton of space for you to feel your feelings. But look, you're making, you know, you're making an attempt and sometimes that attempt works and sometimes you plant the seed and the seed grows later. I think that, and I think that's what's really interesting, what's really great is, and we talked about this in other things that we've done before, is the intention. What is your intention as a parent? What is your intention in supporting the person that you're talking to? Maybe it's not a parent. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's another friend. Maybe it's a peer. But what is your intention? Is your intention to give them space and to help them figure out how they grow and what, what's going to help them grow? If that's your intention, then whatever you do, some of that is going to get in. Now, the reaction may be different. They may push you away. They may react in a different way. But that doesn't mean that that intention going in is like, how am I going to support this person to learn that good things happen when the good things happen out of what seemingly is bad. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I I think that when we're doing it, we have to 100% couple in the moment interventions. Like what we were doing was in the moment with outside the moment storytelling especially in story, right? So if this were actually happening in my house and Eddie was in my house, then at what I would be doing at night is I would te- be telling post-traumatic growth stories, right? I would be adding on to that planting of the seed by planting other seeds outside of the moment. And I think that we need to do that in everything, really. If we, if we have the intention that this is a lesson that I really want my child to learn, then we start telling stories about post-traumatic growth and stories about ourselves so that kids can really learn that that is something that is a thing. Well, I think, that, I think too, when you point back to something that happened, another frame of reference, remember when this happened? And you're here today to talk about it. So, so you made the transition, something that you changed from point A to point B. You thought, remember when you thought life was over then? I mean, how many times could I go back in my life? I mean, I can do a hundred where I really thought that everything was over because of my crazy thinking. But I, were, I was reminded by, no, that's what led you to this. If you make a chain of moments, which is actually kind of a cool thing to do in your life, you make a chain, like if uh, you draw a chain from point A to point B, almost like a timeline, 
you could probably draw back to how many things that were very difficult led to greater things. I totally. think everybody has that in their you life. You make a I hope map, you know, you yeah. do hope finding from the past or yeah. meaning finding from the past. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. so important. And I really, really think what's important, what you're talking about, add this intention, the intention that you set is that you were going to go in because I think what happens as parents, we're like, okay, I have this tool and I'm going to teach it to my kid. And then we go in and it doesn't go as expected. And then we get frustrated and we start to think that we're inadequate or our parenting skills are inadequate or something's not working. How come it's not working? And I think all of that agenda just needs to be put aside. I think our intention is we want to teach our kids about post-traumatic growth or whatever the skill is we want, life skill we want them to learn. And we are going to do our best to present it to them and to guide them. And this really, really is the intention that I am my child's guide. I am not there to control their response because their response might be, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. This is totally different than last time. You know, this isn't helping me at all. But that doesn't throw you off track. That doesn't change your intention. That is not to be taken personally because that's okay for them to experience that, right? And you might have to shift and pivot your strategy and that's okay. But you remain grounded and you remain a force of support for them. Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, that's really important that intention stays true. And you you know, you don't you don't have to cover over, you don't have to fix, you don't have to make feel you want to make them feel better, but really there there is storytelling involved in it like you're saying. There is storytelling, there are anecdotes, and there's also modeling. You model it for your kid. You say, this is what happened to me. Parents don't think the kids care or it's like, oh, you're going to tell me about something that happened to you now, even though this is happening to me. It's actually a really good tool because kids want to hear that their parents survived something and that they got them to a better place. And in the meantime, what you're doing is you're, you're being vulnerable. You're relating who you are as a person, which you can't do enough with your kids. You spend enough time trying to be a parent, be a person, and then they know, they'll know who you are. You know, the more they know who you are, the more that they can connect with you. You know, you can be a parent and a person at the same time. No way. I don't Well, you can't it. really. No, you can't. Um, well, I'm going to have to go be a person pretty soon right now. So I think we're going to be wrapping up. We're, we are wrapping up. But this is post-traumatic growth. And I'm going to look at that term again because I think we hear post-traumatic and we're like, oh, no, here we go not good, but post-traumatic growth. I go up. Notice how I go up. This has been Dear Anxiety. My partner's Rini Jane. I'm Ed Krasnick. We come together to talk about issues that relate to everyday living that are about how we deal with our thoughts and feelings. And there's no place to practice these things in the world, but there is. It's called Dear Anxiety. You can listen to us. You can subscribe. You can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety, and you can find us on iTunes. And you can please comment and share and subscribe as you have been doing. And we both thank you so much for that. It's very, very kind of you to do. We want to build a community. We want to reach a lot of people. Everybody talks about mental health. Nobody shows you how to do it. Nobody shows you how to practice it. That's what our intention is in this show. Also, if you want to send us a message or a note or tell us how something's working for you or bring up an issue, you can do it at gozen forward slash dear anxiety. G-O-Z-E-N forward, gozen.com 
forward slash dear anxiety. So you're gonna get that one day, Ed. Epis- one day episode thirty one. Get- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did I get for gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Renee Jane. We will see you next time. Bye guys. <laughs>